0: Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have Joan DiMaggio here today, and we're going to talk about Edgar Casey and the Unfulfilled Destiny of Thomas Jefferson Reborn. And here's the book. If you guys are watching me on YouTube, I'm holding it up. This is a really fantastic book. You have to check this out. But before I bring her on, let me tell you a little bit about what's happening with humanity. And there's a couple things going on I want to read. One is that Texas pushes closer to dropping handgun license rule. It says in Texas, where gun laws are among the loosest in the U.S., there's one line the state has long resisted crossing, making it legal to carry a handgun in public without a permit, background check, or training. It says the governors didn't champion didn't champion it. Police persuaded Republican leaders to avoid it. And two years ago, when a frustrated gun rights activist showed up outside the home of the Texas House Speaker, the resulting outcry quickly snuffed it out again. But in just a span of two weeks, Texas has suddenly pushed over closer to becoming the largest state in the country with unregulated or permitless carry, a move that is alarming law enforcement and has some Republicans staring down a vote they'd rather avoid. Boy, this is going to be interesting to watch to see what happens we're back to the wild wild west you guys <laughs> i don't even know what to say about that um i want to talk about there is this is crazy i pulled this up and i'm just reading it because it's crazy so kentucky derby favorites overshadowed by a sheikh's controversy so it looks like sheikh muhammad bin rashid al no if i botch this al maktam the prime minister of the united arab Emirates and the ruler of Dubai has faced accusations accusations of kidnapping and holding his daughter Princess Latifa Al Maktoum hostage. She pleaded for help in a series of videos from her prison in February and they're trying to free her. Now these secret messages have been sent to the Dubai t- Princess Latifa, and detailing what's happening. But in the meantime, the Kentucky horse racing commission received a complaint Wednesday from human rights attorneys and university of Louisville students, urging racing officials to have the sheik, uh, banned from the Derby. So the guy's just causing all kinds of trouble. And um, he's got his his daughter up in a I don't know, looks like she's being held. So this is kind of crazy. You guys we will have to follow this one. Now before I bring Joanne on, let me give you a little information about Joanne DiMaggio. She's been actively involved with Edgar Casey's Association for Research and Enlightenment since 1987 and has been the coordinator for ARE Charlottesville since August 2008. She earned a master's in transpersonal studies degree and her spiritual mentor certification through Atlantic University. Joanne has given talks on the subject of past life and life between lives exploration and soul writing to audiences across the country. In addition, she's been the guest of nearly 100 radio programs. Programs and podcasts, reaching a global audience. In addition, she's had several articles published in Venture Inward Magazine. She's been professionally uh, pursuing past life research and therapy for over thirty years, and has and once headed her own life her own past life research center, where she interacted with some of the country's leading past life professionals. Wow! Welcome to High Road to Humanity, Joanne.
1: Thank you, Nancy. It's great to be with you again.
0: Yeah, I should say welcome back. Yeah. You know, before. yeah, this was really interesting, this book. Um, You've done past life regressions, I guess, tell the audience. How many years have you done?
1: You know, I started to get involved professionally with it in 1987. That was like my my main year of joining ARE and starting my own past life research organization. And I didn't start actually doing regressions until the 1990s. Um, because I really saw myself as a writer and a researcher more than a therapist. But uh, a friend of mine from um, that was on the speaking circuit for ARE said to me, said, Joanne, you know more about this than most past life therapists. Why aren't you doing it? I'm like, I'm, I'm a reporter for the universe. I'm supposed to be writing about this. Now. He, he kept at me and kept at me and kept at me. Finally, I said, okay, already. So then I got my... Um, my uh, hypnotherapy certification and um, started to do the sessions myself, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad that I did because now I have like a ready source of research s- subjects that help me um, put together the information for the books that I write. Right. Well, you have the demeanor because you're calm.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. You. You're just like, all oh, calm. And yeah. Was it hard? I mean, it was it hard to learn
1: to do this, to, to take people back, Or was it no, you know what, I I started by working on my own past lives. And and I really think that that's what a good past life therapist should do. Okay, because you, if you explore a lifetime that you know, is impacting you now, and explore it to the nth degree, so that everything comes out in the wash, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Mm -hmm. You understand how karma works in your own life you understand the emotional charge that a previous lifetime can have. Okay. You understand how the universe works, you know, in this very, very just system of karma. Um, and that makes you a better therapist to help somebody else. Cool. Uh, so all that I really did was get the technique down, you know, through, Um, the Eastern Institute of Hypnotherapy, and then I worked with Dr. Irene Hickman, who was on the cutting edge of uh, cutting edge of hypnotherapy, Mm -hmm. worked with a lot of past life therapists, got to know them personally, when I had them come in to do programs for us. So um, and but I also think honestly, that I did this work before that this is a carryover from another lifetime, because I just, I just, you know, it's very natural to me. Right. Uh, And uh, and uh, I've really been humbled by it because of the enormous benefits that it has for people who uh, who undergo a a regression.
0: Yeah. Now, you have a lot of people, I would imagine, that have illness that come to you and try to figure out why they're ill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, did a whole research subject on that. that topic, okay. from my book, karma can be a real pain. <laughs> I love it, which was about people that had chronic conditions in this life, and they didn't get they weren't satisfied with what traditional medicine was telling them about whatever. so just like with Edgar Casey, you know, people came to him, most of the readings he did were health readings, because mm-hmm. people were not satisfied with what they were getting the diagnosis they were getting from their doctor. So they right. went to him so i, a, I, I uh, i've done that as well yeah. well i have
0: a question so when people come to you for the health reasons is it and i'm just curious is it sometimes because this is uh something they ask for in this lifetime to learn a lesson or yes. is it something that they carried over
1: that they can get rid of i mean so you see both sure i see both we okay. had um i did 50 people in my regression in my research project and out of the 50 i think uh 30 something percent had a spontaneous healing just by going to the root cause of the condition. When they saw where it started from, it, it just healed it. It was gone. They didn't have to deal with it anymore. So about 30 something percent. Others, um, for instance, Edgar Casey would tell someone who was obese that the reason they were obese in this life is because they made fun of somebody that was obese in a previous life. Or somebody that was blind in this life, he said, you you know, you had uh, gotten hot pokers and, and blinded your enemy in a previous life. So some of it is some definitely... It's it definitely cause and effect. Okay. You know, yeah. Others come in with an, uh, a, a, a disability of some sort to be a role model for others around them. So they're actually teaching the parents. Mm-hmm. This is a lesson for the parents. Highly evolved souls will come in with some physical condition that serves as a um, a testing ground for other people. Like how did do, how do the parents react to this child coming in with this or, mm-hmm. or people around him? Did it teach them to love? Did it teach them to be open and accepting? I mean, there's all kinds of layers to it, wow. but many times it is simply a cause and effect. I, I mentioned in my book about a man who had, um, uh, he had arthritis just in his thumbs. Okay. Just in his thumbs. And when we went back to his past life, he was a Confederate soldier, and he was on a horse, and he had a sword, and he would go around, and when he would attack the Union soldiers, he'd aim for their their thumbs. Oh, my gosh. So that they wouldn't. Cause so they couldn't pull of, the trigger. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So oh, he comes in God. and here it is, he's got arthritis, but where is it only in his thumbs. So there's one story like that after the other in that book. So it's, uh, it was fascinating to me to see how that's this unfolded. And it made so much sense. It really, I know.
0: Yeah. Well, it just blows my mind because it just shows that what you do in life when you're here in these bodies it makes a difference and i always tell people Absolutely. that like, whatever you do here makes a difference that's so crazy well and i i just want to back up a little bit on on this book what did you hear about this little boy and you guys i just want to show this 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 little boy is who we're talking about today and they call him tj but um, Edgar Casey thought he was Thomas Jefferson incarnated so maybe talk about that a little bit we've got about five minutes before we go to commercial break just kind of give us an idea of how this came about.
1: Well, in 1987, um, I joined the ARE, Edgar Casey's Are. and at the time that I joined, a friend of mine who knew I was interested in history because I was a history major in college oh. and also knew that I was a writer said to me, "Did you know that Edgar Casey did a life reading on a baby boy and said that he was Thomas Jefferson um, And I thought and he did it when he was two days old right and and so the the reporter in me, thought, wow, what a great story. I wonder what his life has been like. Because Mm -hmm. in that reading, Nancy, Casey said that this soul could do for the world what Jefferson did for this country. So can you imagine uh, a pressure on a little boy? What, What was his life like? I knew he didn't do that. I knew that wasn't accomplished. So I was just wondering, um, what his wow. life has been like. Yeah. So I tried to to meet him through various channels, and I got blocked every time. And eventually, 1996, i uh, 1995, I moved to Charlottesville, unbeknownst to me, he moved to Charlottesville. And in 96, by divine intervention, yeah. we were able to we did meet and uh, uh, had had a on and off friendship for a while. And then finally I said to him, how do you feel about me writing your biography? Because I just think your story is fascinating. And I also felt that he had gotten a bad rap about that, you know, doing for the world, what Jefferson did for this country. And I wanted to find out why that didn't happen. Nobody asked that. Nobody wanted to find out why he didn't do it. Why he didn't Um, achieve. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, um, uh, you know, uh, started to do interviews with him. And he started speaking to select groups here in Charlottesville, uh, ARE people that would accept, you know, his stories about growing up in the Casey household, which were fascinating. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that had to be interesting just to find out what it was like for him
0: growing up with Edgar Casey, because he was like a father figure to
1: him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was with Mr. Casey for the first eight and a half years of TJ's life. And then Mr. Casey passed, in 1945. Uh, Casey gave TJ one life rating and promised him a second one when he was 13 and of course he didn't get that. Right. And, uh, but if you go through the ratings and you see the events that were happening, the book that I wrote took eight years to, to put together and I was yeah. spending a lot of time in the Edgar Casey Foundation archives. To go through the files to go through because you know gladys davis who was casey's secretary and tj's aunt right uh, kept all of the letters that were going from edgar to tj's parents to other people and i sat there and over the course of eight years compiled i wanted the book to be based on historic documentation and so um so i was that plus my interviews with tj uh, and then I, I was able to come up with a chronological journey of his soul. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how did he was- get though? But how did he get to Edgar Casey's house? I don't
0: remember. Tell that story. How did he get there? I mean, he's only two days old. How did he get yeah. there?
1: He well, he was um, part of Casey's soul family, and you know, we we travel together in pods of souls. We were are in the same group of souls, so, uh, lifetime after lifetime. So he wanted to come in and be with Mr. Casey again, but by the time he looked in on him, he was too old, he wasn't having any children. So then TJ Soul thought, well, how am I gonna get to him? He thought, oh, I'll, I'll go through my aunt Gladys because she's the secretary. Well, Gladys wasn't married or having children, so he couldn't go that way. So right. then he thought, ah, I'll come in through my through Gladys's brother, Boyd, and his wife, Berlin. They won't want me because they were both heavy, heavy gamblers and, and they were alcoholics. The last thing they wanted was a baby. But right. he thought, okay, I'll go from Wayne Berlin, I'll go to Gladys, and from Gladys, I'll get to Mr. Casey. And that's exactly what happened. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Hey, we got to go to commercial break. You guys, I'm here today with Joanne DiMaggio. She is a past life regression expert, and she's an author. Um, this book is called Edgar Casey and the Unfulfilled Destiny of Thom- Thomas Jefferson Reborn. This is Nancy Yarrow. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back.
2: Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities.
0: Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now just go to my website, nancyyourout.com. That's www.nancyyourout.com. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Joanne DiMaggio. We're talking about Edgar Casey. We're talking about TJ. Now, his aunt Gladys, I mean, they called her Gladys, right? Is that right, Gladys?
1: Gladys. I don't know of any nicknames she
0: has. Okay, well, Annie, I wrote down Gladys. So I don't know why I did that. But um, she she, um, she was pretty close to him, too. Did she kind of take over like as a mother figure for him?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, He lived with her um, more so than with his own parents. Okay. Uh, And, um, and, and that's how he was able to be with Mr. Casey so much because Gladys was there as well. And so, um, you know, he became part of that family in many ways.
0: Okay. What was interesting to me in the book, and you said he was also Alexander Graham Bell, no, and, Alexander the Great. Oh, Alexander the Great. Okay, I wasn't right. sure. Okay, so Alexander the Great and Thomas Jefferson. So right. he knew when he came in, at, at, was there a point in his life when you interviewed him that he knew that he had these past lives? Or is it just that he had this information in his head and he didn't know where it came from?
1: Well, you know, when you're told at two days old that you had been these people and his, his Aunt Gladys was reading his reading to him at, like a bedtime story. So that was sort of ingrained in him that he had been Alexander and he had been Jefferson. I once asked him, I said, do you believe you were Jefferson because you remember being Jefferson? Or, right. do you, or is it because Mr. Casey said you were Jefferson? He said that it was because Mr. Casey said it. But uh, there, are, there are instances all through his life, and even later on as an adult, where he would remember things. Mr. Casey said that at three years old, he was reciting the Declaration of Independence and told Edgar Casey that he wrote it, you know, three years old. Uh, He did that again in high school. Uh, He wrote out the, he had a history exam and he didn't know how to answer the question. So he wrote out the Declaration of Independence plus the Statute for Religious Freedom for Virginia, both of which Mr. Jefferson wrote. He said, I signed some of like John Adams and some of his other friends' names to it and handed <laughs> them in and got expel, uh, expelled for it uh, or suspended rather until they could figure out. They knew he didn't cheat because he was sitting right there in front of the teacher. Yeah. So, there are a lot of stories like that in the book in which these memories have, have popped up um, for both yeah. Alexander and Jefferson. So yeah, there was, I,
0: one, yeah, there was one thing that really um, took me was there was a story of Archangel Michael. Oh, yeah. The house shook. Will you tell that story? That really blew my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Casey was doing a reading uh, okay. in his, in his home and then all of a sudden, and, and TJ was uh, said, he was watching this from the top of the stairs and there was a group of people in the in the living room. And um, all of a sudden, this loud bellowing voice comes out of out of Mr. Casey, and I think I have it in the book exactly what was said. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty much an admonition more than anything else. It was Archangel Michael shaking his finger at people. Um, and TJ said the whole house just shook, and he said he got so scared that he ran in his room, and he said he didn't want to <laughs> listen to any more re- any more of those readings or gatherings again. So that that's just typical of the kind of experiences he had that for him were normal. Yeah, now, he didn't know that other kids didn't experience this in their home. Yeah, thought this was what everybody everybody sees people being levitated and everybody has a, a friend uh, that you could put your hand through. You know? So there was, there was uh, you know, he spent all that time with Mr. Casey out on the pier. Mm-hmm. Mr. Casey would teach him uh, about reincarnation, about the creation story. And they talk about, Hey, do you remember when we built the pyramids? I mean, it was unlike any kind of a childhood that anybody else had ever had. And, and uh, I think that the fact that those intimate moments are something TJ remembers with great clarity, Mm -hmm. makes him a treasure right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah.
0: Is he happy that you wrote the
1: book and told a story? He absolutely is thrilled. Yeah, he is. Okay. He's thrilled. Yeah, he was blown away. A lot of what was in the book, he didn't even know because he never bothered to go to the archives to read his file. He's got a file three foot deep. What did you find?
0: Of- I mean, about the parents, you found letters going back between? Yeah,
1: he didn't know a lot about his mom. I think the, the, the things that are in the book about his mother are okay. what really, I think, bothered him the most. Okay. Um. Uh, you know, and so to actually read her words. One of the reasons I wanted to use the, the uh, information in the archives is because to me, it was all historic documentation. And mm-hmm. I, I was taking it word for word of what each person was writing because I wanted them to come alive to the reader. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to feel like they were in the room with you and they're telling you their story from their perspective. Mm-hmm. I also didn't want anybody to point a finger and say, this isn't true or that's not true or you made that up because I wanted to be able to go back to those archives and show them, nope, here it is. Mm-hmm. Because Gladys saved everything, every letter that, that was written to oh. you. Paper. Wow, and you know, back then they were doing—they were typing them on a manual typewriter, on uh, with carbon <sighs> paper on onion skin. Oh, I, yes, yes, remember a lot yes. of yes. I remember onion on skin paper. I know. <laughs> and so when I was going through them, oh it was like um I had white gloves on, and each page I felt like was going to disintegrate in my hands. they were onion skin papers. Yeah, yeah. Oh so it was very, very cautious. Idiots. Uh, and I was lucky I was working with Karen Davis, who is a, is in the Davis family. She's TJ's cousin-in-law, and she was also working in the archives. So she was helping me watch. She was watching out for the interest of the Casey family and the ARE, as well as TJ, uh, the Davis family. Mm-hmm. So there were things that she said, don't put that in the book, so I wouldn't, or you know, or why don't you do it from this angle or whatever. And I would, I was working with her. We were very, very careful about how, how this was put together. It went, it underwent at least six different revisions. So, oh, uh, seriously, I'm, I'm very proud of the, the end result. And so is TJ. He just was, he just, yeah, he's very happy.
0: He's happy. Now how old is TJ right now? He'll be 85 in June. Wow. Yeah. And what, Does he tell you fond memories? He, he tells you good memories
1: about him and Edgar together. Only good memories. I mean, he lights up when he talks about Casey oh. and the interesting thing about him is that he doesn't talk at all about Jefferson or Alexander. You sort of have to pull that out of him because he doesn't oh. think that's important. And you ask him questions about Jefferson and. Yeah. Alexander. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, but I really think that the, the, And what I've learned after I finished writing the book Mm -hmm. was that that reading that Casey gave about doing for the world what Jefferson could do for this country had nothing to do with Thomas Jefferson. And it had nothing to do with politics or a global initiative of any kind. Because TJ has always said to me, you know, Joanne, all the answers that humanity is asking questions of are in the readings, Mm -hmm. He said, everything is there. It's just that people don't know that it's there, you know. And I really think that Casey was grooming TJ, that that was his true work. That was his mission was to share information that Casey taught him. Uh, And that I think that's why, you know, they're fishing on the pier. He got this little two-year-old little body sitting next to this very wise older man. And he's just pouring all that information into the vessel of that little boy, thinking that, okay, when he grows up, He's going to continue this work. Yeah, he was grooming him, maybe. Yes, for for the work. That's exactly what I think. Yeah.
0: You know, and I don't think people realize that, that um, I'm actually a member, and you can go into those archives and you can find the information. And so if there are people who are looking for um, health, Um, I don't know, I should say cures or different things. I don't know what the proper way to put that, how he, how Edgar would go in and he would go into his trances and he would give the information and then his secretary would document it all.
1: So it's all there. It's all there. There's 14,000 readings in total. 12,000 of those are health readings. Only 2000 of them are life readings. And those are the ones in which he told people about their past lives. But the Casey remedies were so far ahead of their time. That's why he's known as the father of holistic medicine. Mm-hmm. So far ahead of their time, they're just we're just catching up to him now. The remedies are still out there. The original recipes are out there. So, whatever um, when I did my physical karma book, you know, I I spent a lot of time going through um, the different types of. Uh, chronic conditions that Casey was doing readings on Mm -hmm. and then pulling information out, uh, out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, companies like bar, uh, you can get the original, uh, remedies using the original recipes. They tell you what different things are for. So, um, yeah, I, I, I swear by all of that. That is just like, just so far ahead of its time.
0: Yeah, I think it's wonderful um, that he left all this information and that it's all recorded, that they put it all together so that if people want to access it, I guess I wish that it was out there more. And, and it's sad that TJ uh, wasn't uh, or didn't, you know, do this type of work that, yeah. you know, Edgar had thought that he was going to do. I guess my biggest question when we come back from commercial break is uh, why didn't TJ get a past life regression? So we'll talk about that. All, all right. right. So this is Nancy, you this is high road to humanity. I'm here today with Joanne DiMaggio. Joanne, how do people get in touch with you to do uh, um, it?
1: I'd love for them to visit my website, which is Joanne J O A N N E D I M A G G I O.com. And um, all of my books are there, my blogs, if you want to read about people's past life case histories, they're on there. And um, As well as uh, the different types of regressions that I do and how to book them right online. Cool. I do them on Zoom now. Yeah. I know. Isn't
0: that awesome? That is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right, you guys, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back.
2: Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com. To book your first 30 minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road.
3: Your high, your
4: Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole-person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle sparking wholeness. And now let's get back to the show.
2: We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road.
0: Hi, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. And I'm here today with Joanne DiMaggio. And my question to you, I guess, Joanne, is um, why did TJ not want to do a past life regression with you?
1: I don't know. I asked him numerous times and he just never really wanted to do them. And I had actually suggested to him once. I said, you know, I, have, I think I have a way of fulfilling Casey's um, prophecy about you. We, what we could do is, why don't you let me regress you? We'll, we'll have your current personality go in the background and then the Jefferson personality can come forward and then you can just start talking. I said, cause you said, you know how to solve the world's problems. Well, we, why don't you share that and, and we'll do that. But he never wanted to do that. So, um, so I didn't push it. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder if he would say, he must've been afraid maybe to do it. I don't know. I don't think he thought it was, I don't think he thought it was important to be honest with you. Like I said, his whole focus was on Casey. It wasn't on Alexander or Jefferson or, you know, Sulanon, who he had been in Atlantis or Mm -hmm. the the fellow he was in, uh, in early France. Um, Those are the only four, but he knew he had been also with Casey when Casey was in Egypt. Um, Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, but he, that to him was not an important, he understood in great detail how reincar- reincarnation works and about karma, but he didn't feel the need to really explore his own past lives for any reason. He was more about, we've got some problems in the here and now and let's figure out the answers because they're already in those readings. Let's let's find them and apply them.
0: Well, and I, I'm curious about, so Casey dies And he's what, like, how old was he when he died, when Casey died? How old was TJ? Eight and a half. Okay. So what happens to TJ once Casey dies? Well,
1: you know, everything at the ARE was centered around Casey. And when Casey was gone, he said there was nothing but chaos going on. They were running around trying to figure out how to save the readings. That's Gladys's, uh, all of her energy was going into that. So she really couldn't watch TJ Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was there to kind of take him under their wing. And so he got thrown from pillar to post, basically, you know, he spent a little time with his mother, then she shipped him out to the grandmother in Ohio. And then he went to an aunt and uncle. Yeah, and I read he did that not have stable. He did not have a stable home life. He went to multiple schools in one school year. Um, and he never got the, um, he never got any additional education the way Casey had envisioned he would get because I have a whole chapter in there about his education. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Casey had selected a school for him to go to out in New Hampshire. Yeah. And uh, that school was founded by Beulah Emmett, who Casey had done a reading on and said that she had been uh, an associate of Aristotle's. She was helping Aristotle with teaching. And Aristotle, of course, was Alexander's teacher. Uh, and so Casey felt like, okay, that'll we'll get, work. We'll get this soul to, to this woman, this soul who knew him from before, and he'll yeah. be set. And he was all set to go to that school. And then at the last minute his mother changed her mind and pulled him and said, no, he can't go. He was okay. six years old. and they were only it was a high school, so they were that she was Mrs. Emmett was making an exception for TJ to go to this school but it didn't happen and uh, and all through the, the whenever Casey talked about TJ he would say you know he can do this provided that this happens so he people focus only on the yeah he's can do this they don't bother to read the part about you know provided x y and z happens you know so he gave very explicit instructions on how to raise that child and his TJ's parents ignored it didn't Ignorant. do it at all
0: you know what it makes me think of when you're talking about this is we come in here, TJ had this idea or Jefferson before he came into this life of how he was going to do it, but it didn't work out that way.
1: No. and no, it's interesting. We have free will. We have free yeah. will.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's what I want to, yeah. And that's, yeah. we have choices to make and, and we make the choice, you know, and Did it get to a point where he could have, like, he could have continued his education on his own at a certain point, but he chose not to. I guess that's what I'm thinking about.
1: Exactly. And that's why I don't sugarcoat the book. I don't, you know, I don't defend him all the way through because, okay, you can't do, you can't make your own choices when you're eight and a half years old. Right. But by the time you're 18, you sure can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, And he didn't, he became pretty much like a resident hippie <laughs> I was gonna say what did he do for his um, yeah talk to me about what he did do with his life he's 80 some years old so did he have children did he get married what he ha- has even he's been married several times he's had okay. children by several marriages okay um, he uh, had odd jobs you know he was a disc jockey he wrote ad copy he worked in retail uh, you know he his last job was roasting coffee beans at a local coffee shop here in charlottesville he had nothing the the desire he had most of all was to work for the are he he was he would have been happy just to cut the grass there but they never would would hire him why um, why wouldn't they hire him i'm not sure i mean because all those people are gone now yeah Um, that's kind of weird huh yeah uh yeah i think he developed uh a less than positive reputation. Okay. And I think that they felt he was an embarrassment. Oh my God! Uh, and so they just shied away from including him in anything. Oh. And uh it was very sad, very sad indeed for him. the closest he got was he worked for the heritage store in Virginia Beach and they were selling Casey remedies and, and things like that. Um Wow, how sad. And it's that, sad. That and, is really terrible to hear that. I yeah. Just, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's why I think that, you know, getting him out there and talking about the, the, his life and what he learned, I think I told him, I said, you know, um, I know he's lived now longer than Jefferson did. But in Jefferson's later years, that's when he designed and built the University of Virginia. So I said, it's not like, you know, you can't do this anymore. It's becoming more difficult because he's got some health challenges that Mm -hmm. he's dealing with. And he lives like a recluse up on this mountain. He has no Wi-Fi, no computer, no car. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, all he has is a phone and a TV. So oh. it's like, you know, and he keeps telling me, let's do a YouTube channel, Joanna. And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're know. you going to do that. Oh my
0: yeah. gosh. Yeah. That is just crazy. So I have a question. I want to know how this has changed you.
1: Well, you know, Nancy, I feel like I made a promise to him in my pre life planning session. In other words, before I be came into this body, and before he came into his, we were up in, you know, in in spirit, and I promised I would write this book. For me, it was a challenge and and a a lot of frustration, um, because I had so many obstacles thrown in my way. There were people who did not want me to write this book, and they let it be known, and it was very good. Who
0: didn't want you to write
1: the book? There were some folks at ARE that didn't want the book written. Okay, okay. So, um, so, and and some members of his own family didn't want the book written yeah so i persevered and i thought i felt like i was walking on eggshells you know it's like i didn't want to offend anybody i didn't want but i knew that i felt compelled mm-hmm. it's like there was this injustice that was done to this soul mm-hmm. and you're judging him and you're not understanding what happened what really happened and yeah. so i felt compelled yeah. To, to get this done and uh and like I said I finally just pushed through I felt like Edgar Casey and Gladys Davis were on either side of me <laughs> <laughs> they probably were <laughs> done, you know? and then I thought you know what Gladys kept every piece of paper I'm wondering if she thought okay I'm gonna put this in the file and 70 years from now the she universe might. is The universe was going to send their cub reporter (laughs) and she was going to pull this stuff out and write this book. So yeah, I'm very proud of it. It's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's done a lot for me. And then I feel like I have, I have uh, tried to write it wrong. You've honored,
0: you've honored that relationship that TJ had with uh, Edgar Casey. That's what I feel. I feel like you've honored that. That relationship. Really yeah. He wanted it to go different. But like you said, we things happen in life. And it's how we handle it, huh? I'm I've learned that over time. Oh, yeah. it's how and we it's hand-
1: never too late to change. Yes,
0: yes. And that's true. And thank you yeah. for saying that. Because it is never too late. A lot of people give up. And you know don't ever do that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really good advice. Yeah. Hey, um, when we come back from commercial break, I want to talk a little bit more about your regressions and what you do so that people understand so that they can contact you because now you're doing them zoom. So you probably do them from all over the world. Now people I from do. all over the world, a
1: global audience now. Yeah, it's great. That's
0: fantastic. All right, yeah. you guys, this is Nancy. You're this high road to humanity. I'm going to hold her book up again. It's called Edgar Casey and the unfulfilled destiny of Thomas Jefferson reborn and this is high road to humanity and we will be right back
2: hang on we have more stories to tell on high road to humanity check out nancy's website nancyyearout.com to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road
3: yeah, the world is coming. Watch the
0: Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me. And I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use, and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com, that's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you.
2: We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi,
1: this is Nancy
0: Gerald This is High Road to Humanity. And I'm here today with you, Nick thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it, by the way.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm enjoying our, our chat. W-
0: well, me too. You're like one of the the coolest people to talk to about this kind of stuff. I always feel like I can ask you anything. Um, talk to me about some of your regressions. What are some of the coolest regressions you've ever done? Or can you talk? Can you tell me? <laughs> can you well, tell the audience? The client, the client, I know there's that thing.
4: Because, confidentiality.
0: <laughs> I know, you know. I know. I know. Um, but I mean, in general, it, can you tell well, about a you couple? you
1: know, I, I've had some real interesting people Um Uh, and I, all of my books are based on a research project. Okay. And so in the course of, I'll figure like, I want to do something on physical karma, or I want to do something on the pre-life planning session. And so, you know, you bring people in and you do the regression and then, you know, you, you sandwich all that information together. So in the course of all the years I've been doing this, there are some people that have had lifetimes that have really, uh, stood out, um, uh, I had one, and he won't mind my saying this, uh, the whole issue about a famous past life. You know, when I did this book on TJ, you would be maybe not surprised, but living in Charlottesville, Virginia, the home of Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) Everybody was Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) Yes, there are many, many Thomas Jeffersons in Charlottesville. And one of them in particular contacted me and said, you know, you've done a disservice to humanity by not including the rest of us. And I'm like, rest of you, you know? <laughs> I subscribe to the one soul, one body theory, you know, uh, and others of course don't, but there was one fellow that I, I did uh, several regressions on He, he had, uh, he said that he was the reincarnation of Stonewall Jackson. Oh. Uh, and, um, and if you saw a picture of them next to each other, you would, that's,
0: you would, you would say for know, sure, are, yeah,
1: they're identical. But um, I did it. What was fascinating was that he was actually volunteering at the Jackson Home in uh, in uh, Lexington, and he uh, he said to me, "He said, you know, they're going to be doing some remodeling, and I want to remember the way the house looked exactly when I was living there." Oh my god. So the regression that we did together was him walking from one room to the other oh, well, if I turn right, what do I see? Oh, yeah, this is what we had over in this room. And he would went through the entire house like that. And I said, well, what are you going to do with this? You can't exactly go up to them and say, hey, you yeah. know, I used to be yeah. Jackson and I know where everything goes, you know. Yeah. But um, when I first met him, it was so interesting because I first did his regression in November. It was a cold day. And I had my office then and I see him coming across the parking lot and he's barefoot and he's oh got a, uh, he's got a Confederate hat on. Oh my God. Like, what the heck? And so I said, what, what he said, I'm honoring the men of his, his, uh, regiment because they, they marched barefoot. So, oh my he was so yeah, he was probably the most convincing, uh, uh, of of anybody that I've had who said they had a famous past life because I've had other people come to me I had one woman she said I I was uh, Patrick Henry in a previous life I said really why do you think you were Patrick Henry and she said because he's a good talker and so am I (laughs) wow that's and I'm like there's a little bit more to it than that you know Uh, so yeah I've had people who've had tremendous healing experiences that that bring you to tears when you hear their stories. And, uh, you know, I had a woman who was a psychiatric nurse, 71 years old at the time, and she was having night terrors all the time uh, because she kept dreaming she was in a concentration camp. Oh my gosh. So her husband called me and he said, could you please include her in your project? I was already finished, but I said, yeah, I let her come in. And we took her back. She did not, she hadn't been in the Holocaust. She had been earlier than that. Oh, But as a child, her, her situation was identical to what it would like she was sexually abused. She didn't have enough food. She was cold. She didn't have enough clothes. She didn't have any blankets. Um, so a lot of a lot of the same sort of, of uh, events happening. After her regression, her husband, uh, I saw them A few months later, when the book was published, I did my launch party and her husband and she came up to me and they had tears in their eyes. And she said, she hasn't had a night tear since you did that regression with her. So once
0: you did it, it she saw what happened and something clicks in the brain at that point. Right. And she released it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what she thought it was at all, and she understood the circumstances as to why it happened. Nothing to do with her, you know. This was the circumstances. I had another woman who, who deliberately injured. Uh, she was a ballerina, and she was jealous of this younger woman, and she deliberately injured her, had her trip over a broomstick or something, and that woman broke her leg and couldn't dance anymore. Well, in this life, that woman came back as her daughter. And you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And when we we figured that out, you know, because she kept saying, I don't know why my daughter and I just don't get along. There's something going on there. And so when she realized that she shifted the way she interacted with her daughter, and that brought about a healing between the two of them. So the, the, the incredible benefits of this kind of work on all levels, all yeah, levels, yeah. you know, the, the pre-life planning sessions that I do where people can go in and see how they deliberately worked out the things that are going to have, you know, you pick your parents in this life. I know that just shocks me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, really? I, that to my, I was telling that to my kids. I said, you picked me. What are you, what are you complaining about? You know, I, I didn't pick you. You picked me. I don't so, know. I thought I was adopted for a long time. Yeah, yeah it's just, You know, it's,
0: everybody. It's, <laughs> have you ever had anybody that you regressed and then they were, they didn't know that they were famous or something in a past life. And then you told them they were.
1: That well, it came I, never, up? I never tell anybody anything. I'm not a reader. So no, I, I know, but I mean, once you regress, they them. found out. Yeah. Um, no, I had one person who went to the court of Henry the eighth. Ooh, was in was in the court, but was not a famous person, Okay, um, but had disagreed with Henry had something to do with the Church of England and, uh, and ended up getting his head chopped off. But um, uh, and she didn't know anything about that life. But um, most people are just Jane Doe's and John Smith's they're, you know, um, they don't they all go to a lifetime in which they they had no clue about. um you know, and I'll ask them, did you, did you know anything about this? And they said, no, this was told because I, I asked their soul to take them to the life that's most impacting them now. That's what, thank you. Yeah. That's what yeah. I wondered how you do yeah. that. Because okay. you've had so many past lives, you cannot be processing all of that. Yeah. Into yeah. Life. yeah. But yeah. there is one in particular that that something happened either you did something to someone or they did something to you or something got set up and it got recorded as unfinished business and then you decided coming into this life and say oh this is the perfect life to work on this and it could have been something that happened a thousand years ago they're not necessarily okay chronological chronological right or consecutive
2: so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so um you know a lot of people will say oh i think i'm making it up or you know uh And then afterwards, they'll say, no, I didn't make that up, especially if there's emotion involved. Mm -hmm. I have had people who just sob because they remember losing a child or they remember losing a loved one. Right. They'll just sit there and they'll just. They can um, feel that emotion. and and, And this is men and women. And I can't make them do that. Right. Under hypnosis, I can't, right. you know, I tell them I can't make you bark like a dog or quack like a duck, you know. And if the emotion comes up, just allow it to come through you because that's real. That's the way your soul is showing you that this is a real memory.
0: Right. Now, when you go, when you um, do the past life regression, you're not psychic, but yet you're able to follow them along. I so I call that kind of, I call it psychic in a way. What do you call it? You're connected. I don't right? call it anything. <laughs> But you can see okay this is
1: my question so you can see what they see yeah so what i mean that's an like ability. I'm, like that's I'm, a an sil- obi- I'm a silent observer kind of just hanging out up.
0: so you, and, but you, but you can, can see
1: enables, it yeah What it enables me to do is i see the bigger picture ah. they're they're mired in the middle of what's going on right got it i can see the bigger picture so i can move them along and say okay well what happens next what an or ability. what happens after that? Or yeah. ask them an appropriate question. Uh, because sometimes while they're processing, they become very silent, very quiet. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep moving them along. And I don't I don't lead them in terms of, oh, don't you see this? You know, I, I want them all, I, everything that they say needs to come out of their own
0: mm-hmm. experience. I tell them,
1: go with your first impression and then stay with it.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: stop and try to analyze it, you know, you'll block the process. So, uh-huh. um, so I just kind of keep it moving, you know, the first part, we identify who they are, and what they look like, and then they tell their story, then we go to the death. And then we, we ask the final questions of what were your last thoughts when your soul left your body, because that often sets up the next life. Okay. I'll ask them, what do you have in common with who you were in this past life, so they can see the continuation uh, of the soul's journey? And then are there any people from that life that are in your life now? And if they are, what role are they playing? That's wonderful. That gives them a really well-rounded sense. Also, unlike traditional psychotherapy, most people only come for one regression. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I mean, they could come for more if they wanted to. When I was looking into my own past lives, I spent years on one lifetime. Yeah, uh, But most people don't do that. Um, most people just do the one and then that's it. Uh, and then they, they either, come if they come back, it might be for a different lifetime they want to explore.
0: I, I'm curious about something. I've always, and maybe you can answer this and maybe you can't, I don't know. But when you die, how long before you come into another lifetime? Do you, can you, is there time that you can stay? How does all that work?
1: well it's it's totally voluntary the average time between lives and earth years Mm -hmm. is between 50 and 200 years between if you are murdered if you die in a war or if you commit suicide you tend to come back almost immediately wow because think about if earth is a school Mm -hmm. and we're here to learn we have a certain curriculum we're here to learn those lessons in that curriculum and okay. that gets cut short. It's like dropping out of school prematurely. So you got to go back. So You've got to come back.
0: <laughs> oh God, that's crazy You guys. <laughs>
1: that's actually crazy. Yeah. Got, Joanne. Thank you for
0: coming today. Oh, my pleasure. I always I really enjoy
1: do. talking with you, Nancy. You too. Thank you. And
0: tell the audience again, how they can get in touch with you.
1: Sure. Just go to my website, joannedamaggio.com. And, um, uh, Everything you need to learn about me is on there. And if you'd like to book a session with me, you can do it right on, right online. I love it. I love
0: it. Oh, and me too. I, I don't promote myself enough, you guys, but I am a psychic as well. So if you're interested in a psychic reading, go to my website, Nancy, I always forget to tell everybody. And there's a calendar there. Just click on the book and you can, um, you can book a session with me. Joanne, thanks for coming on. I'm so excited that um, you're here again. What's your next book before we get out of here? Are you working on something else? I'm working on a book about the Beatles.
1: Oh, the cool. Beatles Spirituality. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: you'll have to come back for that. That'll
1: okay. Be awesome. All, we'll right. Do that. All, All right. All right.
0: Guys, this is Nancy. Ural. This is high road to humanity. And we will see you next time. Everybody take care. Bye-bye. Connect the
1: dots keep the motion. Can achieve your goal. Let's hit the